With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Group of five. Group of five live. Group of five. Group of five live. Are we talking about the American? Yeah. C-U-S-A. Yeah. Mac. Mac. Yeah. Mountain West. Yeah. And the Sun Belt. Oh yeah. Group of five. Group of five live. 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 Group of five live is part of the Landry Football Network. Back for our weekend preview show. Apologies for not putting out the weekend in review on Monday between the podcasts and games broadcast, family issues, grad school, uh, something had to give (laughs) earlier this week. And unfortunately, uh, this show is what it was. But hopefully, uh, more often than not, we'll have shows on both Mondays and Fridays. But I was back in the booth uh, this past Saturday called Louisiana Tech against Houston Baptist on ESPN3 with my buddy Lynn Rollins. Luke Anthony, six touchdown passes for the grad transfer. Two of them went over 40 yards to Wayne Toussaint. And Toussaint was somebody that I certainly didn't prep enough about going into that game. He hadn't been much of a factor in the previous outing against Southern Miss. So ignored him somewhat and much to my peril because he was one of the biggest stars of the game. I wish I would have asked Coach Holtz a little bit about uh, Wayne, but we'll be more prepared to talk about that student athlete next time we head to Ruston. Uh, Louisiana Tech ended up with a 66 to 38 win over HBU uh, in front of just about 7,000 there in Ruston. Uh, Joe IA Stadium holds 28K, so uh, folks are spread out, not your usual game day atmosphere, just like everywhere else in the country, but we got the game played, had a good broadcast after some technical hiccups at the beginning, and uh, look forward to being back in Ruston uh, later this season. I'm scheduled to call their game against Rice in November, and we'll talk about the Owls in a little bit. They haven't got off the runway yet. Uh, But a short week and a long road trip for Louisiana Tech. They will be at BYU on Friday night. That's 8 Central, 7 Mountain on ESPN2. 
One of the week's biggest news items in the group of five involves another team from the state of Louisiana. The Ragin' Cajuns will have to wait for their Sunbelt showdown against App State thanks to COVID-19 issues with the Mountaineers. That was supposed to be a Wednesday night game next week in the Fun Belt. Now it'll be either December 4th or 5th in Boone. That was originally championship weekend for the Sunbelt Conference, but three other games had already been moved to December 5th. They hadn't officially moved it back, but I imagine given this marquee matchup now pushed back on the schedule, they'll have to do so for either the weekend of December 12th or 19th. And that makes it possible that the Raging Cajuns and App State could meet in back-to-back weeks once in the regular season and then an immediate rematch for the conference title. Also in the Sun Belt, South Alabama and Troy postponed their game this weekend. They don't share any mutual dates right now to make it up, but they're going to try to find a way to do that. Uh, And from Conference USA, we already knew – that Rice at Marshall would be called off. As, as I mentioned, Rice hasn't been able to get things going. They finally started practice at the end of September. So their plan is right now to start on October 24th with ball games. The herd has been off since September 19th. We talked about it right after it happened, that huge win over App State on big CBS. But Marshall has not been able to take advantage of that momentum. They're going to have to wait a little bit longer. No Thursday games this week, so we are taping early Thursday afternoon. And I mentioned the one already on Friday, but on Saturday, our featured game pits the Mountain West versus the American. More importantly, it's the first leg of the Commander-in-Chief's Trophy. Air Force hosting Navy. And to talk about that game, we bring in Jesse Kurtz. He's an analyst on the Air Force Radio Network and executive producer for the Mountain West Network. Navy at Air Force coming up on Saturday. Jesse, as of mid-September, it looked like a two-game fall season for Air Force, just playing Navy and Army. In talking with coaching staff, how did players' attitudes change when they found out it was going to be a nine-game schedule instead of just those two? I think being energized. I mean, any time that you go from we're just going to get a couple of reps to a normal fall, I mean, you kind of get your juices flowing a little bit, not only because you're excited, but there's a sense of urgency. You got to get out there. You got to get better each and every day because you've got real opponents that are on the horizon. So a chance to get back to whatever normal means these days, Chris, and I don't even know what that means, but for these guys to have something to look forward to each and every week from now until the 1st of December, I think at least gets them back into a routine. And at the Air Force Academy, routine is everything. Um, So I, I think there's a lot of excitement brewing now that there is a season that maybe, you know, a couple of months ago, even a month ago, we weren't sure was even going to happen. We knew that Mountain West play was going to start October 24th, and the schedule just came out on Thursday, uh, October 31st. This is kind of what, what came out uh, as far as uh, maybe piqued my interest. October 31st, Air Force plays Boise, 
Then on November 7th, it's Air Force Army, which we knew about already. Then Boise will host BYU. I think from the outside, I don't think I was alone in assuming the Air Force and Boise just wouldn't meet this year so they could play those non-conference games. So why was that matchup left intact? And then San Diego State was also left with seven conference games. It's a real oddity. Yeah, you know what? I, not being in the room, I'm not entirely sure. But having games that were on the schedule post-October 24th, um, certainly I'm assuming had something to do with that. And then with Air Force playing a, a game out of conference, there had to be at least someone else that, that fit that mold to make the schedule um, work in some way, shape, or fashion. So a lot of those things, I think, all um, boil down into the same pot there. And, and the ADs all got in a room as they, they talked about how this all fits from a structure standpoint, thought it made the most sense. And I think what we've learned through with all the other conferences that have started already it's not going to stay the same. There's going to be things move around and you just have to be able to adjust. And I assume that was a big part of the conversation was we have to have some kind of leeway. And at least there's a little bit at the end of the schedule. Yeah. I, I think you hit on it there. there. There's flexibility that has to really uh, be at the very core of everything we do, not only now, but maybe going forward. If there's one thing that, that probably this time taught us all, it's how to be flexible, how to keep our knees flexed a little bit so we can pivot one way or another. And you know, we're starting to see that in college athletics. We, we've seen it in the NFL. We saw it in Major League Baseball. There's going to be hiccups. There's going to be hurdles. There's going to be roadblocks that we're not able to press through. And then you got to find a way around that. So the scheduling part, certainly, um, there's going to have to be flexibility. And I think our coaches all understand that, have embraced that as well as our athletic directors, and I know those in the conference office have. And we'll talk more about the conference schedule going forward. Again, it just came out on Thursday, not a ton of time to break it down. But obviously, I originally wanted to have you on just talk about Air Force. And, you know, looking at this, this game this weekend and, and the roster that 40 players reportedly took a turn back. And honestly, I wasn't even familiar with the term until this fall. So for those like me who did, hadn't heard it before, can you explain the concept and how that's going to affect the Falcons this fall? So as best I understand it, and let me put that out there, it, a lot of this stuff is kept up on the hill for a good reason. There's a lot of privacy that goes in it. But for all intents and purposes, those who have, have uh, exercised the, uh, the wish to have that turn back, and as far as I understand it was – to the entire cadet wing, it wasn't just football players. Mm -hmm. um, those players, it, it's, it's more kind of like a hardship where, the, you know, it's tough at the Air Force Academy right now. Obviously, you're taking online classes. I know Coach Calhoun really preaches the, the importance of being in person, and, and the teachers really like you to be in person. You know, some of these kids may or may not have had family members affected by COVID. You can leave the academy for a semester where you go home, take care of those things that personally you need to take care of, and then you pick your schooling back up the next semester, which if you're, you're not playing football, obviously, you, know, you have that another semester of eligibility. So you know, those who have taken that time to um, the, the turn back to, to go home and take care of whatever business they felt like they needed to take care of during this time, they won't miss an a year of eligibility of football. But obviously, there are other guys that now have to fill those roles mm -hmm. for those players that, that may not be out on the field uh, this fall. 
And I imagine just in your roles, you probably had a little bit more insight than the general public, but up until the depth charts came out on Tuesday, I think really everybody else was kind of not understanding who was going to be out, how depleted that roster was going to be. So when you got your first glance at the depth charter, if you knew before, kind of what are the biggest names that stood out on people that are real, the Falcons are really going to be hurting to, to not have on the roster? Yeah, so in dealing with the straight facts that we have, those that are not on that too deep for whatever reason um, that, you know, Air Force fans really were hoping to see that I know the coaches would have been counting on as a major player on the defensive line would be Jordan Jackson. Uh, he's a, a defensive lineman um, that really is a lot the likes of, of guys that we haven't seen since maybe Chad Hendricks. Um, he is that level talent. I think he's an NFL guy. He's got NFL body, um, super strong, quick off the edge. Um, he was a major, major disruptor as a sophomore and then had a great junior season. At the linebacker position, uh, DeMonte Meeks. DeMonte Meeks was one of the top tacklers in the Mountain West, um, was an all-Mountain West player. Um, so anytime you got a guy at the linebacker position that is responsible for many things, whether it be in the run, um, run game or the pass game, he will be sorely missed as well. Uh, and then in the backside, uh, one of the biggest misses probably uh, is Trey Bug. And, and Trey Bug was as big of a playmaker uh, for Air Force last year. He uh, was involved in maybe the, the greatest play in college football last year at the University of Hawaii, where uh, the ball was thrown out in the flats, and Grant Teal kind of broke it up, kicked it up hacky sack style up in the air, and Trey Bug picks it off and goes 99 yards for a touchdown. So those three guys, amongst other guys, yeah. certainly, but those are some big names at this point that aren't on the two deep that if they aren't playing, then those are, those are big losses. There's no question about it. I met Chad Hennings a few years ago. He was speaking at the FCS championship banquet. And, you know, you see him on film, you see him on TV, but then see him in person, like how in the world did this guy fight into a hit into a fighter jet? Yeah. <laughs> he is as remarkable of a human being as you're ever going to find. You talk about a true American hero. Yeah. The guy that comes to the Air Force Academy because he, he has that, you know, he feels that calling to serve and he, uh, you know, fights his way to a, a starting job as a freshman and, you know, becomes a leader on the football team and then wins national awards on the football team. And then, you know, probably could have went to the NFL if that was allowed. But, you know, he goes and fights, you know, overseas in a fighter jet. And then, oh, by the way, comes back and wins Super Bowls. I mean, you can't even make this stuff up. Disney would reject the script saying it's not even, it's not even feasible. This isn't realistic. Now, the screenplay is coming at, at some point, I'd imagine. But, you know, I, I, he talked about just a, a, the, exactly what you mentioned, Jesse, all of those things have happened in his life. And, you know, you, you look at that room full of student athletes, and I'm, I'm not positive on who the opponent was, but I can say with about 99% certainty, the North Dakota State players were in the room that day because they're always in Frisco. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah right. that's, that sense of awe was certainly uh, was seen on all those guys. Now, uh, Brent Brigman in the Colorado Springs Gazette said that Donald Hammond is out, not because of a turn back, but because he lost good standing. Now, uh, who takes over for him? What's, uh, what do we look like? What does it look like at the QB position? Well, that's the great unknown. And, and as far as I know, e even to, to date right now, I'm not even sure that the coaches quite have settled with 100% certainty on who the quarterback is going to be. 
There have been a lot of guys in the mix. Um, the two deep would suggest Hadik Daniels, who's a sophomore out of Franklin, Missouri, uh, would be one of the leading candidates, but also Warren Bryan, a junior out of Pomona, California, would be the others. Don't be shocked if it totally comes off the radar, but those are the two that um, right now are the guys that, that at least in the two deep would su suggest have the inside track. And Warren Bryan, you know, does have a little bit of experience that have any stats to date, but he did get in the game against San Jose State in Hawaii, I believe. Um, but, you know, Air Force was pretty deep at the quarterback position last year with Donald Hammond, Isaiah Sanders, who had some, some uh, significant starting experience, uh, and then had Mike Schmidt, who was the third-string quarterback, who you never really want to get to. But Mike Schmidt came into the game against Hawaii, rallied, you know, uh, Air Force to a huge win on the road, had – uh, a rushing touchdown, a passing touchdown, should have had a receiving touchdown on a trick play. So they went deep in the quarterback position. You would hope that if you played three, trusted three, one will be back. None, at least right now, that we know will be back. So Hazik Daniels and Warren Bryan, probably the 1A, 1B. But again, if there's a 1C, I'm not going to be shocked. <laughs> well, with the offense the Air Force runs, the offensive line is probably the most important uh, Cogs in there, and you've got a couple of great ones for the wow. Falcons. Nolan Laufenberg, preseason All-American. Parker Ferguson's on the Outland Trophy watch list. Up front, obviously, there's been a ton of great players over the years, but this group looks pretty outstanding. No, it really does. And, and you know, Kyle Kreps and Adam Jewell have some playing experience as well. They were hit pretty hard on the right side. Scott Haddock uh, was a guy that went and played in the NFLPA All-Collegiate Bowl. Um, he was kind of the leader. He was a nasty competitor on the offensive line. I mean that in the most respectful of ways. He was a great offensive lineman. So they're a little bit depleted on the right side, but to your point, that left side is just loaded. I mean, we'll, we'll start with Nolan Laufenberg for no other reason than he's getting All-American uh, consideration. Here's a guy that added a lot of, of weight from his sophomore to his junior season, and then last year was tremendous. He graded out as one of the top offensive linemen in the country by a pro football focus. He's getting that All-American consideration. Air Force hasn't had that at the offensive lineman position since 2002 when Brett Heiser um, received similar sort of accolades. But here's a guy that, that just has worked his way into this role. He's a senior um, from Castle Rock, Colorado. It's about 30 miles north, so he's kind of a local kid. Um, but just an athletic kid. Played a lot of baseball, could have played college baseball. A really good pitcher. Um, for an organization called Slammers in Denver. And he says that that's, you know, playing basketball and baseball and then now focusing exclusively on football, that really rounded him into who he is. And if you read some of the, the, uh, the NFL scouts, that's what they love about him. He's kind of that new wave offensive lineman. You know, he's 315 pounds, but the guy can move. He's super quick. So NFL scouts are drooling over him because of that. And then Parker Ferguson, you know, a kid that came in to Air Force probably on track to be a defensive lineman, but they didn't have uh, any spots for him at that spot. So Ron Vanderlinden, who was the linebackers coach at the time, who has since left, um, encouraged him to play offensive line. And here he is, another guy that, that was a great basketball player, has put on a lot of weight, just shy of 300 pounds. And those two right there, you're not going to find a finer left side of an offensive line in the Mountain West than Ferguson and Laufenberg. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, another really incredible kid. And all these young men are awesome. But when you see that somebody has been named a semifinalist for the Campbell Trophy, 
I mean, that's just top of the top. And Ben Peterson is there. He's a semifinalist that was just announced on Thursday. Um, that's the trophy, if you don't know, that's given to football's best scholar athlete. Uh, 3.6 GPA, civil engineering major. And, I mean, every season that you've been working with Air Force, Jesse, you get to see some of the finest young men in the country go play football on a Saturday afternoon. But to have your, a kid like Ben that stands out even among that elite group, what have you seen from him that really sets him apart? Exactly, exactly. that. He's all round. He's just an all round, good, solid, focused kid, focused on, on the right things. And a guy that hasn't played um, a ton as far as like hitting his, his hands on his football, he's a guy that will do the dirty work. He's a, he's a wide receiver that constantly is blocking down the field, not after, you know, the glory. He had one rush um, and, and three receptions last year. So he's not a guy that, that is, is a glory hog or really cares about that. But I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do now and what I presume is going to be a starting role. He kind of took a back seat last year to a, a guy named uh, Ben Waters, who, like Ben Peterson, didn't really get a shot until his senior year. And then he was spectacular. So Ben Peterson wasn't needed in that receiving role as far as going down the field and catching the football. I'm looking forward to seeing Ben Peterson get his shot to be a little bit more involved in the offense when it comes to touching the football. But here's a guy that was his class valedictorian, uh, as I understand it, was all conference on offense and defense um, in high school and also was an all-state soccer player. So, I mean, you talk about well-rounded. Yeah. Oh, by the way, got his brains. He, he's got <laughs> this focus and he wants to serve his country and he's a great athlete. I mean, that is the entire package and that's really why he was named to the, uh, the Campbell Trophy uh, semifinalist. Let's look at uh, the opponent for this weekend. Navy is still a mystery, I think, to everybody. Blown out by BYU, got down by 24 to Tulane, then launched that amazing comeback in New Orleans. Have you been able to figure them out at all? What are you expecting out of the mids this weekend? Yeah, I, no, I haven't. Um, and, and I'm not sure. I really don't know what to expect because I just don't know what to expect from an Air Force team that obviously has a lot of guys playing their first division one college football, and then a Navy team, which, you know, obviously Ken Niamatololo took a, a lot on his shoulders after the BYU loss because they reportedly didn't hit and practice the whole bit. Um, but what I do know is they figured something out. I mean, you, you don't go six straight quarters where you score three points and you give up 70-plus only to, over the next 30 minutes, score 27 and give up zero. Uh, they've figured something out in a major way. And I think it does start with Dalen Morris. Dalen Morris came in uh, against Tulane and rallied them, had a really good, um, really good game against Tulane, you know, 13 attempts, and he found great wide receivers down the field. That's the one thing that I look at this Navy team and say, man, they're super dangerous. This wide receiving core is as good and as, as talented. And you, you look at them, it's 6'5", 6'3", guys that go up and get the football um, that makes this team very dangerous because they'll make you commit to the run just like, you know, any service academy will. But if you've got a guy like Morris that can throw it down the field, they hit a couple of bombs uh, against Tulane that set up scores. And then you got guys like Michael Cooper and, and Mark Walker that can go up and get the ball, pretty dangerous. So I, I, the only thing I'm, I'm sure of is they figured something out. At halftime against Tulane, totally different team than we saw uh, the week prior in, in Provo or uh, against Tulane.
You mentioned that inexperience, and I got to think that the coaches are concerned given the fact that Navy has a couple games under its belt. Air Force is going to be going out there for the first time. No matter what the intangibles are on both sides and the talent on both sides, that experience is going to be a major plus for the mids. Yeah, oh, we see we see it all the time, right, in college football. Those those first games can be somewhat of a disaster mm -hmm. um, as far as being efficient with what you try to do. Um, and, and I do think there is an advantage. I know Kendi Matololo was concerned that Air Force didn't have an opponent coming in and they could focus their 100% attention only on Navy. And yeah, I, saw, I saw it the other way. You know, coach, coach was arguing that, but I was thinking, you know, you're going to have an advantage not – having them not played. I think you're right. And, and, you know, Navy does have a week off coming into this. So I think that kind of negates that. And I do think, you know, the Navy is, has been able to work out the kinks, so to speak, and mm -hmm. find out who their players are. They toyed with playing a freshman at, at quarterback in, in Xavier Arline. Um, that didn't work. So they were able to work that out before they have to play in this high emotion, high stakes football game. So I think you're right. I think there is some concern on Air Force's part of what do we have? Who's going to be our quarterback? How is he going to play? What does our defense look like? Can we tackle when when the uh, a play or a touchdown is on the line? The game is on the line. Mm -hmm. All those things you just don't know till you get out there. So I think you're right. I think there is a a distinct advantage in having played a couple of games before you you, you enter this high stakes game. And there's a reason the Air Force has opened up each of its previous 14 seasons with an FCS opponent. You want to get those kinks out. Now, game day in Falcon Stadium is going to be a lot different. I was up there uh, last fall when the Falcons took on to um, Nevada, I believe, uh, okay. that weekend. So I missed out on some of the experience. It was too windy for the parachuters, and it was there were some other things going on. We couldn't get the flyby. So it almost turned into a normal college football game other than seeing the students in the academy in the stands, which obviously is, is special in and of itself. But – this game day is going to be unlike any other you've covered, uh, only students in the stand, if, if I'm not mistaken. What are you expecting that game day atmosphere to be like? Well, I will say this. It, it is going to be different. The pageantry will be gone. There's no question about that. First of all, let me apologize. You didn't get to see that. We got to invite you back. That no, is I'll, no, I'll be back. Believe me, yeah. I, I hated that I missed out on so many parts of, of game day uh, uh, at the Falcon Stadium, and I will definitely be back. Well, good. Um, but here, here's the one advantage that we do have at the Air Force Academy is we will have 4,000 people in the stands. You know, there, there's going to be plenty of college football teams around the country and in the Mountain West that will play in front of empty stands. But because of the nature of the academy that you've got 4,000 cadets that live in the bubble that are tested the whole bit, um, you know, they're going to they'll spread them out throughout the entire lower bowl. So I'm thankful that we'll have some level of energy um, some some volume, uh, if you will, in the stand. So it, it'll be weird. There's no question about it um, with the pageantry gone. But I don't think it'll be any any more weird than what we're going to see at other places where they're playing in front of totally empty stadiums. So I'm very thankful that, that at least we have that. But everything has changed from entering the stadium with, you know, being screened to the way that you're able to do postgame from a broadcast standpoint. We won't be in the locker room. Uh, for post-game interviews, we'll have to do them remotely. So everything has changed, but it all goes back to what we talked about, being flexible in, in the way that you operate. And, you know, you'll probably be better on the other side because of it. I have a brother that lives in Monument, and I, have, I was lucky enough to have a bye 
in my broadcasting schedule last fall that lined up with an Air Force home game. So we decided to make that uh, have hang out that week and go to the game. We actually we went to the hockey game at Air Force the night oh. before too. Got a full blown weekend uh, on the academy grounds. But uh, yeah, look forward to getting back and hopefully it'll be uh, post COVID. We can have a post game drink and. Uh, tell some stories about group of five football oh i look forward to it that sounds like a lot of fun and coincidentally i live in monument as well so right down the road awesome thank you jesse you bet thank you for the interest great to talk to jesse he will have the color analysis on the air force radio network saturday mids at falcons six eastern four mountain and it'll be televised on cbs sports network other group of five games that piqued my interest for saturday i'll start the day with sunbelt football on espn2 a meeting between two teams that knocked off big 12 squads from kansas arkansas state who won over the k-state wildcats and they are at coastal carolina after the Chanticleers beat KU again, that's at noon Eastern, 11 Central, from the Teal Field in Conway. In the American Athletic Conference, what could be the best game of the weekend, 3.30 Eastern, 2.30 Central, on ESPN2, Memphis finally returns to the field. The Tigers haven't played since beating Arkansas State on Labor Day weekend. They're at SMU, and the Mustangs are out to a 3-0 start. Jeff Brightwell from Memphis Radio and Rich Phillips from the SMU Network have both been on the show in recent weeks, but we may need to invite the winner's team back next week. Same time, 3.30 Eastern, 2.30 Central on ESPN+. Plus. Cincinnati hosts South Florida. Bearcats coming off a win over Army while the Bulls are getting back at it a couple of weeks after getting drilled by Notre Dame. In Conference USA, Florida Atlantic should finally get their season going. Game number one for the Owls is against Charlotte. That's at 4 Eastern, 3 Central on ESPNU. And in prime time, we go back to the American for Tulsa at UCF, 7.30 Eastern, 6.30 Central, back on the deuce. The Knights are ranked 11th in the AP poll, and if they get some help, could become a top 10 team in the first full week of October. Group of Five Live is part of the Landry Football Network. Be sure to subscribe to Landry's Football Conference Call wherever you get podcasts. Bookmark LandryFootball.com and follow Landry Football on Twitter. If you'd like to get a hold of me personally, my Twitter handle is Mykoski, my last name. You can see it in the show notes if you don't know how to spell it. We will see you on Monday for another edition of Group of Five Live. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.